0: You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, we are only a day or so away from the draft, Andy. Uh, A lot of news to cover around that. want to remind people that you can join NBA draft coach Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales live this year uh, covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick, locals like us. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today. Watch our live coverage on Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific. I want to let you guys know too. on uh, Thursday show, we Andy and I will be previewing the draft with Mike Garcia. you know him as canyon driver on uh, on Twitter. He is a great guy for the draft knows these uh, prospects inside and out. so that'll be our show for Thursday, Andy. we'll talk a little bit about the draft today, but we've got like not only a uh, like a trade rumor Andy, but a trade rumor. And a confirmation of the rumor and a denial of the trade. Like, no, you cannot have this thing that we are asking for.
1: Plus, changes afoot with the Lakers coaching staff. So there, there are actual wheels turning, whether imagined or uh, rooted in reality
0: with Not this team right now. So Scotland. it's very exciting. They, they're here. So let's start with, uh, we'll get to the coaching stuff uh, probably in the next segment. But let's start with with this. Um, it was Michael Scotto of, the, of Hoops Hype. Um, who reported that the Lakers offered the 22nd pick and Kyle Kuzma to Indiana for um, TJ Warren and the 13th pick, I believe um, that was confirmed by Jay Michael at the Indy star and uh, the Pacers said, no. Yes. According
1: to Jay Michael um uh, Michael Scotto's report was uh, accurate. T.J. Warren is healthy, so they declined coups. Lakers have been hustling to jump into the lottery to get
0: ahead of the Wizards. The two parts about this, because the the moving up in the draft aspect of this is really interesting as well. But let's start first with just like the, like the trade itself, like Kyle Kuzma and the 22nd pick for T.J. Warren and the 13th pick.
1: Yeah, you're damn right, Indiana, turn that
0: down. <laughs> <They're> like,
1: <laughs> they would be giving up the better pick. Yes. Maybe.
0: maybe the
1: better player in Warren. Definitely the better score
0: If TJ Warren is healthy,
1: yes, he's a better yeah, player. He's definitely a better scorer, and he has a definitively shorter contract. He's done in 2022, as opposed to Kuzma, who has at least two more seasons under contract. So in terms of the flexibility that the Lakers and really all teams covet, Um, Unless you're talking about star players, um, they get the better end of that part of it. Like Rob Palinka might have told, might as well have just told Kevin Pritchard, the president of basketball operations for the Pacers, you got 15 minutes to decide, you effing hillbilly. Like, yeah, whatever. Call back. Go marry your cousin while you're at it. Like, I mean, seriously, it's that insulting of an offer.
0: It feels to me like it's the kind of trade offer that you crowdsource on Lakers' Twitter. Like you, think, like you go to people and you ask them like, cause you know, that's the sort of thing you, as you say, like I, I maybe some people disagree. I think TJ Warren is a better player than, than Kuz. Um, certainly he's, he's definitely a better score. He's a better score. And if that's what you want, it's not like, He's even significantly older than than Kuz. Either he's twenty eight years old, about to be he, he's coming years off a of foot issue. So I mean, yeah. that that could
1: be some, I guess, concern sure. for the Pacers. though. only played four, although, only played four games Michael. last season.
0: According to Michael, he
1: is healthy right now. But then you start including you start including the twenty second pick for the thirteenth, as if the Pacers need to sweeten TJ yeah. Warren in order to make this worth it for the Lakers. I mean, we we both have been really complimentary the last couple seasons of Kuzma and the work that he's done to really be a team-centric guy. And we've actually said that a lot of the you know the the down opinions of him or the perception of him has actually not really been accurate. Oh, in good terms player. Of what he's done for this team. Good player. Good player. You know, F
0: out of here, man. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I'm not buying that. And then you know, it's it's one of these things where, like, if you you first of all, hey. Kudos to Rob for asking. The answer is no. If you don't ask, what if you were like, you know, what that uh, we love Coos and we really want to move down in the draft? This is perfect for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes the answer is a middle finger. That's true. Uh, apparently, it was it was uh, certainly a polite no. I, I it is in the in the vein because people have, I, I know a couple people on Twitter ask because you know I saw that you know rumored deal of Coos in the twenty second for Joe Ingles and you know whether or not. Indiana, Utah could get better value for Ingles than that. I'm not sure. A First round pick, very valuable, and Kuzma is a decent player. You can at least look at that. If you even if you think it's sort of lopsided and the Lakers get the better player, which they would, um, Utah is reportedly not going to sign all of those guys. They have Bogdanovich. They have you know. So you add a cost controlled young player. Um, well, that's a deal that makes place.
1: sense on both sides.
0: It, it it could. And so in theory. At least the trading TJ Warren part for Kuz kind of fits there because oh if you straight up absolutely right if you don't think you're gonna if you don't think you're gonna sign Warren after next year, all that other stuff, you can make it's the part where you get you actually have to add draft sweetener, I think that really puts this one over the edge. I I would probably say no if I were Indiana, maybe I might say no to, to Warren and and uh, for Warren for coups in the 22nd, but I think about it. Um, but I, I, I when you yeah, make me give up the pick too, it's that's a, that's a bridge too far. Um, let's talk about the, the idea that, that they're moving up because reportedly, um, it is in an effort to get the very fast rising Chris Duarte, Uh, The guard from Oregon, which we who we previewed um, as part of our draft previews uh, here on uh, land locked on Lakers, not the old one locked on Lakers. And uh, we'll talk about uh, him with Mike Garcia on Thursday's show as well. And
1: people should go back and listen to our scouting report of Chris Duarte in order to better prepare yourself for the interview with Mike Garcia plus clicks. Yes,
0: um, both of those things. You don't even have to listen. Just click on it. But, um, you know, listen. I listen to but <laughs> i mean yeah, you. <laughs> i mean
1: we'd prefer you listen i mean i'm not going to discourage right, never, you. Me. but
0: you remember that you remember our motto when we had our book out which was you don't have to read the book but we would like you to buy it yeah
1: but the difference is though the book was an actual undertaking like a scouting report with chris duarte a podcast that you can put on one and a half speed like come on you deadbeat listen to the damn thing okay that's fair um you, know, he's, he's you want to listen guy. to our book on you know, double speed? I mean, were that an option then? I would have said more people. You know what? Listen no, to our book. Our book was not going to be
0: put on audio. <laughs> Who the hell was going to invest in the audio book? Uh, anyway. Well, um, all right. Certainly not after they saw the original sales. Oh, God, no.
1: <laughs> Fishing on the edge. If, you, if right. you're if interested real, if in the book. life of. Yeah, it actually is a good book. If you're interested in bass fishing or just sort of that world um, and the guy who was at the time, the uh, Dennis Rodman of professional bass
0: fishing, if that's your thing, you could do worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, all right. So <laughs> it was the best book of that genre of that year. Yeah. Uh, so- Crowded genre and we owned it. <laughs> Cream always <laughs> rises to the top. <laughs> All right, but like you know, the idea that the the, the you know, what, let's let's talk about this next because the idea that the Lakers would be moving up in the draft is a, is kind of fascinating to me and the idea that they would be trying to move up specifically for Duarte also is meaningful. We'll do that next.
1: Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, bars covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. Easy to chew. They're healthy. They're great for a health conscious guy. Whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight, but you still want to have a snack that's awesome. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, high fiber. They're great for keto diets. And they, as always, taste awesome. You've got original flavors like raspberry, coconut, almonds, salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors like cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies, and cream. They're just perfect for somebody like me who likes cool taste combinations and does not want to get bored. In between meals looking for something. So again, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked15. You get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code locked15, 15% off at builtbar.com.
0: All right. So while you were doing that, Andy, I went back and looked up fishing on the edge on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. First of all, let me say 161 ratings. Uh Almost all of them four. It gets four and a half out of five stars. Seventy-six percent are five-star reviews. The extra ten percent are four stars. You want to guess when the most recent review was? I was joking that like nobody had found this thing in a hundred years. The most two most recent reviews: April first, twenty twenty-one. Really? Five stars. Good book. I haven't finished a book in twenty years, but this one I did. You're welcome, Leslie. Gulliver. Gulliver on January 9th, 2021 as the pandemic was raging. 5 stars, excellent book, good read. That is awesome.
1: That that's yeah. really cool. Again, we the book was good. The book is good. It was just a, not was, a reader.
0: Just no. <laughs> or maybe every book that she, maybe she reads a different book every week and they're just shitty. Yeah. And, that's true. Could be, Leslie could be a man, by the way. I don't know this, this Leslie person. Um, And we just, we finally, they, this, this Leslie finally found a book that, that passed the bar. There you go. All right. Wow. I'm, I'm, I actually feel really good about myself yeah. now. Happy to be a part of uh, bringing back reading to this nation. Oh, and I hear I was ready to make a joke at my own expense. I shouldn't do that. All right. So Chris Duarte is uh, reportedly the was the target of the Lakers trying to move up in that uh, farcical TJ Warren <laughs> offer that they made in Indiana. Um, great idea um, for the Lakers, but I, I think this is this to me is interesting because it, it is a if it's if it is true that that is who they are draft would want to draft with that pick. It says a lot about what they're thinking for next year because the appeal of Duarte is A, he can shoot, but B, he is widely considered Andy to be the most NBA ready guy that you're going to get who isn't like Cade Cunningham. You know, like outside the lottery, a prospect who can come in and on a really good team and play a role for you right away. That's Duarte. So for the Lakers to try to be jumping up to get him, even if it doesn't work, it's still meaningful. Yeah, and that, that
1: was the consensus we got during um, during our time scouting Chris uh, Duarte. And, you know, he he reminds me a lot, and this is something I've, I've talked about uh, recently, when it, when it comes to the Lakers and the success they've had in recent years, um, drafting in the 20s, sometimes at 30 or maybe into the second round, they've done a really good job looking for established players with less upside and a higher floor. And finding success that way as opposed to looking for like a diamond in the rough that slips somewhere between fifteen and thirty. They've they've tended to go after three to four year players in college, you know, whether you're talking about Josh Hart, Larry Nance Jr., Kyle Kuzma, even Jordan Clarkson into the second round. And, and they specifically targeted him. They they bought the pick
0: yeah, in order Ford, to get his Ford rights. ABC, right. You know,
1: Mo Wagner is an example they bought the of pick and slid into his DMs. <laughs> and yep I learned it from watching you dad but and you know it hasn't always hit you know Mo Wagner was a 20s that didn't quite work out but by and large that has been their formula I think it's worked really well and rather than focusing on who the player could be if everything goes best case scenario like bestest case I think they tend to focus on who the player could be if everything goes basically to expectations maybe slightly higher but definitely not lower and chris duarte feels like that kind of guy
0: yeah let me read this because we got this this email from trevor v at kamenetskybrothers at gmail.com which is another way to get a hold of us for the uh for the mailbag segments at cam brothers is one um the show page on itunes leave a five-star review there we'll read your stuff and you can uh, you can even get a hold of us on youtube we are both trying to be very conscientious about answering questions that people leave there on the different videos. So do it that way. But this from Trevor v um basically summarized, he agreed with us that um, like the Lakers should draft a more seasoned player, and we you know, and got to Duarte and agreed. But then he was thinking, hmm, drafting someone a year younger gives you a chance to hit high. Uh, Then a year or two from now, when the next superstar demands a trade, the Lakers have two players to offer, plus their future picks not controlled by New Orleans, who are much closer to that current date. So meaning like you, if you go for upside. Yeah, you're not winning something now, but you have a better asset that you can use to trade. And I think the response that I have to that, and I think the reason, Andy, that and thank you, Trevor, for sending the uh, for sending the email, I think the reason the Lakers do it the way they do, especially now is because the problem with drafting a diamond in the rough is that you can't play them. And so, you know, THT, for example, got some of his playing time and still, by the way, has not been a high-end sort of 20 minute a night guy in the NBA yet. We, we love the potential, but it's not like he's a key rotation member yet. If you have a guy who needs that kind of development on a really good team with championship aspirations, it's almost impossible to find him the amount of playing time that they need to develop that, that talent, but also to show people that the guy can play. And so it's, it's, it's hard, I think, to to raise the value of that asset. And so I think that's... I love the thought process from, from Trevor there, but I think that's the flaw in the logic of trying to go for that diamond as a mechanism for extra trade value. Because two or three down years down the road, if the guy isn't playing... Most people have forgotten about that potential.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to basically be looking for a guy who's both ready and high upside, but somehow managed to fall to like 22, 22, which I mean, I suppose there's a chance that a lot of teams around the league just flat out miss on a guy Mm -hmm. in terms of what they can do now and three or four years from now, you know. But it's, I think it's rare. To find that guy in the twenties that you could really reasonably look at and go, how the hell did that many people miss? Not saying it's impossible, but but like
0: not just in the sense of like you look up five years from now and you say, "Wow, that guy was," you know, Nikola Jokic. You got him at what was it, forty or something, forty-two, whatever it was. But like, where you look at him in November, the year after they were drafted, and go, how did twenty-two teams not do that? Um, so now I completely agree with you there. And then the other half of this that I think is is also interesting, Andy, is that there are also reports, and I guess some people could think they are conflicting. I'm I'm interested in your opinion on this. Um, that the Lakers are interested in draft in, in dropping out of the first round, trading out, um, getting some some equity that they can use going forward, and getting maybe a couple second round picks that they can use this year, whatever it might be. I am wondering if you see those two things, the idea that you would trade up to get Duarte or trade down out of the first round entirely to be in conflict with each other. Cause I don't,
1: not necessarily because, I mean, there's always a chance that they could be trading up because they're trying to get a pick that's more appealing, packaging it with somebody else for a trade. Sure, that's I mean, true. There, there's always the chance that moving up has nothing to do with the player they want. It has to do with what they're trying right, to create. saying, to get- if
0: you can get us to 13, we will happily do trade X, Y, and Z. Exactly.
1: Um I don't i don't think it necessarily speaks to anything conflicting I think I think it speaks to the idea of this is who we want these are two or three guys that we want at 22 if we don't think we can get them we're not really interested in anybody in the first round and we're not interested exactly. in committing the salary to somebody in the first round committing I think it ultimately salary,
0: committing the roster space all of that stuff it
1: ultimately just speaks to flexibility mm-hmm. i i I don't think it's it's conflicting at all. I mean, especially especially for a team like the Lakers that's built to win right now, mm -hmm. like it's always a little bit uh, fluid what you would do with a first round pick anyway. That's
0: the uh, the reason. I didn't even ask you this before we started. A lot, you know, pull pull the curtain back, Andy. We actually do prep for this show, and we'll talk through you know topics and this whatever. I didn't ask you this one because I wanted to hear. I wanted to see if you had the same thought, and I do too. I, to me, again, like I said in, in before, moving up to to say we want Duarte, if that's what it is, says we need a we want a guy who can come in and and help us today. And the idea that you would trade out basically says what you were saying. If we can't find that person to help us today, we're not gonna we're not gonna do it. It 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 reinforces the idea that they are really looking for help to win. Now, like, well, and they cannot—they so that, that, cannot, that they cannot afford that- a roster spot that re- they
1: cannot afford a roster spot with that type of capital that can't play right now. You know, it's one thing to have a second rounder maybe on your roster that you can't play right away. There's yeah. only so much
0: investment that goes into that. It takes the it takes the coast to spot, uh, you know, traveling back and forth between the G League and yeah, you know, right. that's fine.
1: But it's it's another thing I think to have a first rounder with this team that can't play that to me feels like you didn't use it you didn't use it more proactively with more immediacy in any
0: direction right and it tells me that just like you know they they are they are putting a premium on winning now that their trades that they make will be trades that might if they have to hedge in one direction or the other are going to push much more towards this year i guess maybe next year and worry less about two or three years down the road whatever it might be And I I think that is exactly where they should be is pressing whatever advantage they have now while LeBron is as young as he's ever going to be, while AD is as young and, uh, you know, he's already kind of banged up and terrifies the crap out of us every time he does anything. Um, That's not going to get better, like over time. Um, So, you know, press this stuff now. Kawhi Leonard's hurt next year. Jamal Murray is hurt next year um there is an opening it's not gonna get any easier so um 100 agree with with philosophically what i think at least if you want to read some tea leaves some of the rumors of the last 24 hours indicate uh hard news though andy coming out of the lakers coaching staff lionel hollins he's not retiring but he's not here anymore we'll talk about that
1: next Locked on Lakers brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it is impossible to stock all the parts you would need in a traditional chain storefront. And who cares? Because why would you spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership dummy when you could get it for far less at rockauto.com? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump. $353.
0: Uh, It's a hot hot, car. I understand I drive.
1: (laughs) 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 But it's $353 from a chain store on average. $216 from Rock Auto. That means whatever chain store it is, they're ripping you off, dummy. But that doesn't happen at rockauto.com because they're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So whether it's for your classic or a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. It's delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com. Right now, see everything that's available for your car or truck, right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.
0: You know, I mean, she hasn't come up with a better way for me to get like the kids around, all three of them, and all that kind of stuff um, from place to place or whatever. But I tell you what, my wife does not like letting me out of the house without her when I'm driving that Honda Odyssey yeah. because. The ladies notice. Oh, yeah, it is a hot car. Mm-hmm. I, in all seriousness, I do love it. It used nickname. to have an unrepeatable nickname, did it?
1: No, okay, no, <laughs> I didn't get it. it, it did I don't not. get it. Whoosh, it did not.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, anyway, you can explain that joke to me after the show is over. Um, so. <laughs> News uh, from El Segundo on Tuesday. This from Jovan Buha, at The Athletic. Lionel Hollins will no longer be a member of Frank Vogel's staff. Um, Reportedly could not come to an agreement on a contract, basically, for next year. He was not under contract, and the Lakers and Hollins couldn't find the right number. So he is going to be moving on. You remember earlier in the summer, this certainly has more context now, Andy, Uh, Hollins did interview for a lead assistant role with Chauncey Billups in Portland. This might be related to that in some way in terms of, uh, thinking he might not be long for LA. So, um. Yeah. And he uh,
1: actually spoke with Kyle Goon from the Southern California news group said he's open to coaching again in the right opportunity enjoyed his two years in Los Angeles with Frank Logo's staff. So if nothing else, Lionel Hollins does not seem to be interested in calling it a career coaching wise.
0: And I, 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 I always wonder when these things come up. I mean, look, coaching changes are completely normal. Um, but, you know, they, and, and the Lakers, for example, didn't renew the contract of Kobe Carl with the South Bay Lakers. Why? I have no idea. Um, but they didn't for whatever it is that they want to do down there and they run a good G League team. They want something else and that's fine. Uh, you know, Jason Kidd left and they brought in Fisdale, Gary St. John. The, um, is the, the scout went with Kidd to... Uh, to dallas and so like stuff happens like these these things move the only times i ever get nervous and this is not based on anything hard it's just whenever you start seeing something that could be interpreted as cost cutting at a time where the lakers are in a position where they might have to spend a bleep ton of money to keep a roster together that they want at the very least, it makes me pause and think for 30 seconds. Like, or maybe oh. even three or five or ten. The thought crossed my mind that geez, I hope money isn't sort of the 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 big hang up here in any way other than just we don't think Lionel Hollins is valuable enough for the extra whatever it is that I guess he wanted that the Lakers weren't willing to give him.
1: In fairness, the Lakers did blow through a lot of allotted. Coaching budget over the years during that period where they were paying two to three head coaches at once.
0: I think they're still kids. paying Randy Fund. I mean,
1: <laughs> right. so I mean, like you know, that period of like Mike Brown, Mike D'Antoni, Byron Scott, Luke, sort of all bleeding into each other, that that did eat up a big chunk of, of the petty cash uh, towards the the coaching budget. So you are correct. You you hope that you hope that money doesn't stand in the way. In terms of getting whatever you think is the very best of the best. And I'm not going to pretend whether or not I know that is Lionel Hollins.
0: No, I have no idea about any of this stuff. I mean, Lionel Hollins. I will say these things as a because it is now something that is on my mind. When you talk about bringing in Russell Westbrook and signing, you know, re signing Caruso, re signing THD, but like the luxury tax bill on that is huge. And so potentially at least. And so, yeah, like you just start wondering what does that mean on the margins? You and I were around. Andy, well, I mean, like look, they were, when they were spending a lot of money on salaries and this and that, and they would do things, you know, they'd sell off picks or yeah. stop with the carving station for the media.
1: Look, um, even during and, and the period of... Uh,
0: that was look, terrible. Dr. Buss was renowned,
1: rightly, for being willing to spend a lot of money to put together win- winning teams. But mm-hmm. like you said, at the same time, like, you know, they moved, for example, Vlad Rodmanovich and some of that had to do with, you know, the Radmanovic nature of Vlad Rodmanovich and Stutty. all the things. Yes. <laughs> and all the things that came with Vlad rad, but it was also a cost cutting move. You know, when they, okay. when they swapped him for Adam Morrison and as it turned out, Shannon Brown, an incredible throw in. Yeah. And Shannon ended up a, a rotation, Guy for those two championship teams in 2009, and 2010. But that was not the immediate goal. The immediate
0: goal was dumping Vlad Rad's salary. Right, but then so, re- and then they re signed Shannon Brown and took away the carving station. So you saw how <laughs> that goes. Um, yeah. And I did not eat nearly as well in media. Um, the other half of this in the media room, the other half of this, uh, though, reported by Mark Stein, uh, is he officially gone with the New York Times and just doing a substack, stack, which you should subscribe to? He is. Yes. Is the immediate replacement as a front uh, as a a front row assistant guy sitting on the front of the bench uh, is going to be Mike Penberthy. They're just going to bump him up. So in terms of a coaching search, it doesn't look like there's going to be a, at least right away, David Fisdale type thing where you're replacing Jason Kidd with another lead type assistant with head coaching. You know, maybe they fill that spot with him at some point, but at least right now it looks like Penberthy is going to be promoted. Um, I, I find that I don't, I don't know, I I don't know what Penberthy does, doesn't do. He's a good coach, bad coach, whatever. Were I the, I know he, people think of him as like a shooter. He has, um, well, well, he's been a shooting coach. He has right. been a shooting we're, coach. in this if I been Anthony Davis' shooting coach in New if, Orleans. If I was the shooting coach of the Lakers, even if that was my job, I would deny it. <laughs> like the, well,
1: I, I actually have been wondering if this wasn't so much um, a promotion for Penberthy as it was just alleviating him of those responsibilities as a shooting coach maybe. without hurting
0: his feelings. I mean, Vogel's an extremely I, I nice would just, guy. I would tell everybody, Jason K was the, the shooting coach. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, Kid, yeah. No, Kid was War responsible Hollins. for that. Oh, no, that was Lionel. Lionel was responsible for all the shooting. <laughs> that old bad man,
1: we tried to tell him it wasn't yeah. working. But you know, working, you know how but, old uh, people get. Yeah. They don't listen.
0: He's stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Setting his ways. For I mean, He had trouble getting past the whole no belts on the shorts thing. and then, <laughs> kept, you know. tr- kept trying to talk to me. He said, look, man, it's 4 o'clock. Time <laughs> <laughs> for dinner. Um, all right, so I just, we'll see what happens. This is not the end of that conversation, but, um, and then, you know, certainly the Lakers could make more adjustments to the staff, but I thought, yeah, just stuff to watch uh, that they promoted somebody quickly to, you know, reportedly will promote Fisdale somebody quickly. Fisdale is a pretty notable addition in terms yeah. of
1: replacing Kid. I mean, Fisdale is a very, very high profile guy to import. So whatever comes after Holland's departure, if anything, in terms of an, an ex, another external addition, I don't think there's necessarily too much to read into it. Just because, again,
0: Fisdale yeah, represents a sure, lot of help. I'm not even sure they need quote unquote need it. Like you don't need Terry Stotts. I mean, but it does. You know, we spent a we lot of time in, it, but. right. They, we spent a lot of time talking about what kind of offensive coach they could bring. I'm like Penberthy, I good offensive mind, bad off. Again, I don't really know enough to know. But I do know he was there last year when the when the offense was problematic. Yeah, um, if so, you can find a deal to be made with Terry Stotts, I'd do it. Fine with me, but I, I'm, it's not again not my money, and it, I am all for more smart. I remember when the Dodgers Andy had seventy three former general managers on the payroll. Yeah. More the merrier. If you if yeah. you're willing to deal with it, uh, it is fine with me. Um. All right, so. Uh, please sign up and subscribe for the locked on Lakers YouTube channel. If you haven't, thank you to everybody who has yes. the channel is growing super fast. We really appreciate um, just reach all a thousand the, subscribers, which is a very big deal. It's, it's a, a big really big deal. You guys have helped us do that in like three weeks. Um, so uh, let's keep it going. The more we do there, you know, the, the bigger it gets, the more we can do uh, Mike Garcia tomorrow to preview the draft. And then of course, after the draft, We'll be doing stuff on the aforementioned YouTube channel. And then Friday, all the post-draft coverage that you can handle. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks.